I think we should start out our recap episode with a giant admission and let everybody know we're not real. We're just the world's best conversational bot. And this is our new startup. <laughs> Congratulations. You've been punked by a bunch of bots. Yeah. But All incredible, right. incredible. We are now, I think, at 20 episodes published, right? Published. Yep. This is our 20th was, was actually on um, Tuesday this week with Dominique Davis. Which was a great episode. You highlighted some of the things you really liked about it. It was the variety of topics we covered, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I like the episode. I like... Um, when was the last time we did a recap, though? What was the... That was the January 1st. That we did a January 1st recap of the first nine episodes. Can, we, can you believe it's already been 10 episodes since January 1st? Well, um, we're moving along. We're definitely getting guests. I know a favorite thing of yours is to say is we have these 500,000 listeners. And actually, looking at the number of downloads, it, you know, we've got some listeners. Yeah, you know, and I, I think, you know, uh, occasionally I run into somebody and I said, hey, you know, have you spoken with this guy? And it's, oh, yeah, I listened to them on the AI podcast in 26.1 minutes. It's like, well, you also listened to me on that. Did you realize that? Oh, that's you? Okay. You're the goofy guy with the other goofy guy <laughs> leading this. Well, I thought that's another disclaimer we should make is that we're absolutely amateurs. We are not journalists. <laughs> yeah, um, people would be horrified. They're like, you, you can't do that on radio. Well, I I think for um, guests, I do prompt them often when we invite them that this isn't gotcha journalism. And we're really here for creating a um, a variety of information, right? Helping our guests get their messages out to the audience out there that are getting started with deploying AI in their organizations. Maybe we should start this one off with who do we want to see on there that we haven't seen already? Well, um, we will have Jeff Harris, who's one of the general partners of Flying Fish, um, venture capital partners. Ooh, sweet. So that's a different direction. Um, I'd definitely like to get a section of investors and what they're looking at. What about, what about get someone like J.B. Pritzker on here or someone like that, Governor Pritzker now? Well, he's a fan of yours, but now you have to go through his scheduling secretary, right? Or his chief of staff. So. Or maybe ask Steve Collins or someone at the Pritzker's group or something like that. We actually, uh, the GCP, data science on GCP meetup has a Pritz, former Pritzker AI specialist presenting in Chicago tomorrow. Uh, you know, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Rayed. You remember Rayed from the University of Chicago? He started a data science for social good, now at Carnegie Mellon. I'd like to see him on. Mm-hmm. I think David Beersley maybe. Um, I'd like to see a lot of people actually, but we need to definitely get, um, the Anaconda, uh, Oh, Travis, you want Travis, Travis on. Yeah. We've had Peter. That was an amazing episode. Um, the episodes with Peter, um, 
I think we can get there where all of our episodes are like that. And why the episodes went so well with Peter, though, is you and I are both friends with Peter and know him really well. I mean, a lot of the folks who've been on are friends, but we know Peter pretty well. Um, I mean, a lot of people have been on I've never met. Uh, a lot of I've never met in person. A lot of the sourcing is coming from Don Shu. And that's yeah. the fact. You, you are keeping this going. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm just publishing stuff without your permission. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, I'm just, you know, causing a problem here. But keeping well, it I, th- we, we, we have a lot of trust between the two of us, right? Yeah, by now I hope so. Um, right. Well, yeah, definitely there's some good folks coming on. And I wonder what the audience, we need to find a way to get feedback from the people who listen. Sure. Because we are kind of really this rolling beta. Um, you and I both come from community organizing where it's uh, not ready for prime time for sure. And we've been just getting people people on and recording and i think we've got a good library so far thanks to our wonderful guests what would like to what i would like to see happen and i'll commit to doing this is um charting out some of our improvement plan and we've gotten a lot of help on that from my friend alina who's founder of echo echo um i just got a message a dm from a friend of mine who's editing for a giant media company and all of their podcasts that he signed up with echo echo. Um, so she's given us some homework. We'll go through that. So for listeners, it's going to get better. If you're suffering now, there is light. <laughs> well, I don't think we're, we're causing any suffering, but what I think might be happening is we need to find a way to include their voice into it. Um, and I don't know how to do that, you know, how to get feedback from the listeners. Like, that might mean a contact form or a forum or a, a more social media. Uh, you know, we don't really use our Twitter account as we should. We have one automatically publishes too. Sure. We need the uh, website put together. We're using Transistor's auto-generated website. And... I mean, we can find for amateurs, but we're almost experts now. No. Almost, experts. almost experts almost famous <laughs> almost famous so i think we, you're right we need a better site and we need better integration but without a site we have had some awesome guests this last this last night have been starting with jim knee jim is amazing i have a huge amount of respect for jim um jim has worked with some amazing people including charles simon Yee, the creator of office and Space Tourist, who's been out to space twice. Once was with Martha Stewart, whom he was dating at the time, uh, bidding him off into space on a Russian spacecraft. But Jim definitely just gets down to the nitty gritty and really drills down to the real problem. And down to earth, right? And you know that's, that's what we've really found with the guests is they range from being down to earth to the polar opposite. Here's Michael uh, Augustine, um, our Pinoy friend. He is out of this world in a good way, a futurist, in my opinion. He's a futurist. He also um, reminded me that Apple's not counted out for ML. Um, just from some rumblings of folks, including one of our uh, prior guests, 
Apple struggles in terms of their AI because they're so locked down um, with their data because that's not how they make their money. They make their money by selling less um, these complete products, but they're hardware and they value privacy a lot. And I really discounted them and Michael really highlighted during the episode, no, you can't discount them. And there's innovations coming that's really gonna prove that they're gonna come back. Yeah, and you know, and I, I think I did too to some degree is I just assumed they have great AI but I never saw that contribution back into the ecosystem that you saw from GC, you know, Google and even Microsoft and Facebook and a lot of other places, AWS. Well, those, those organizations, when they're doing that, um, it's not completely altruistic, right? Um, they're all seeking for the best contributions they can find out there to accelerate their particular platforms, whatever they're proposing to solve the problem. Yes. Yeah. They, there is a tie in there and it seems it's a little bit prohibitive. The model that's prohibitive because Apple has such a unique model, but you know, another guest that rocked it, uh, Kripa. The Kripa's whom, whom, whom I really enjoyed meeting in person at your wedding. So. Oh yeah, yeah. He was there, and his his wife actually gave me a compliment on my uh, vows that I had wrote, which I appreciated. Those compliments, as you know, I like affirmation too. Um, so which she, I was really nervous about because I I didn't really know the direction that you and Natalie wanted for the wedding vows. So, good job. Yeah. Here okay. too. Uh, let me okay. let me chime Thank in. You. That means a lot from you, Don. <laughs> Thank you. And the, and, you, and you actually did well officiating the whole event. Um, I, I got a job offer. You did. In fact, yeah, one of my colleagues' uh, wife or actually girlfriend, I believe, she is in the business and said, "Hey, Don, can you can you marry more people?" And I don't know if she realized you would have to come from Seattle to Chicago to do that. But Crip is a Crip is a Really, what he's doing with Third Wave is there. It's it's really ahead of its time, um, and I don't know if everyone gets it, but I believe that he will hit it big very soon on something. And on the other note about motorcycles, after our episode, I saw a whole slew of articles about. Um, electric motorcycles and particularly also um, Segway coming out with the motorcycle and <laughs> added tech to try to make riding motorcycles a lot safer. Well, and I had always thought about that as well as even, I don't know if you remember my friend from Montreal, wheelchairs as well, is that, you know, just it sounds funny, but electric wheelchairs needing some guidance, needing some avoidance for bad events happening, um, people getting lost on my phone and I can't get up. But, um, you know, that whole device space, that was something Michael knew a little bit about as well. He came on and advised me a bit on AI and retail after the, the meetup, after the podcast. And, um, but, um, and it's really that some of our guests are aware of the technology that and how it's being applied and some of them live in it 
and you know michael is one that lives in it i believe kripa in, in his own way lives in it as well from jennifer i think we got a lot of advice on how to present ai and predictive to business leaders since she's got a hybrid um, background where she started out in finance. She's certainly doing a whole lot to try to get more people into AI by teaching. Um, I think her most recent teaching stint is at NYU. Yeah, and I'm wondering if she ever sleeps because she absolutely, talking about having a hand in so many different things. And I think that that maybe is why the business side she can do it because she has the dexterity to flip the coin from business to data science and math pretty pretty elegantly. But I just wonder if she ever sleeps. I mean, right. Well, a busy person. I expect her to be a future CEO, and uh, and I think we may be able to t take credit for a term where uh, we mentioned. What's a, a AI native CEO looks like, right? During that episode? Well, you know, I mean, who hasn't been on our podcast um, is Mark Lawrence, who they did release a model for predicting uh, parking space pricing. So they released that a couple of weeks, I don't know how long ago, a couple of weeks ago, I think. So even other places we, you and I originally advised as startups, now you see them sipping the Kool-Aid of AI. Well, Mark introduced us as well, right? Uh, yeah, he introduced us to each other uh, many years ago. And it's uh, it's it's interesting to see. And, and, and Lawrence Kiss, someone I helped him interview, now their CEO, I'm CTO, I'm sorry. Um, so it's interesting to see the evolution and that it comes full circle and now they're doing AI themselves. Well, Lawrence is still there, which is... Uh huge thing for as long as they've run and he's grown with that role. So love to catch up with Lawrence as well. We should, we should try to book him. We should. And, and maybe what we should do is a, a spot here will love press and just get Mark and, and, and Lawrence and even some people from the past, like Jeremy Smith on the podcast and see if we could all talk about how did spot hero become such a prominent startup in the space of and an interesting space of finding parking spots for people. Yeah, I, when I first met Jeremy and Mark, I didn't like the premise of the startup. I was just like, why are we talking about parking and cars? It's not that futuristic. I just really believe that they had the energy and tenacity to make something work. Um, and they've done it. And they've been supremely successful and the car just hasn't gone away. And I've gone back to a driving lifestyle myself. Yeah. I mean, embarrassingly. Yeah. And, and, you know, they've done well and I, yeah, you are out in Olympia now. It sounds like so you're driving like crazy, I'm sure. But, you know, there's other folks that we interacted with who have made it big in the space. Uh, let's talk about the one who makes a package that has more users than World of Warcraft, MATLAB, SAS, Tableau, and Dropbox combined, which is Anaconda, Peter Wayne. Yeah, Peter, um, I think one topic uh, that I think about with Peter and 
Jennifer mentioned this as well as kind of this class ceiling for Asian Americans. It's a big deal that Peter is CEO of Anaconda. There are not that many um, Asian American or at least East Asian American leaders of startups or tech companies. Um, definitely uh, Indian American uh, leaders are really taking um, that C-suite by storm lately, including yeah. Saudi and Nadella. Um, and Peter, just personally, it's somebody I like at, at Puppy, but they'd done me a favor. And I said, hey, you know, Peter Wong, the founder of Anaconda is going to be here and I'll introduce you. And when I introduced them, the person was, so what do you do for Anaconda? And Peter just deadpan, he'd been there before. Well, I'm one of the founders. And, uh, you know, that came up with Alex Chung personally. He's the founder of Giphy. I didn't realize he was the founder of Giphy because there's very little media attention on that he's the founder where even Spiegel, the founder of Snap, for example, is all over everything. Um, so Peter stepping into that role as CEO personally for me is um, portends hopefully something that's going to continue, particularly since, you know, for my nephews, I want them to be leaders in tech and startups. Well, I mean, it's a very interesting you know, journey that Anaconda, formerly Continuum Analytics, and where it started, you know, and how it got to be. And Peter is, Peter Wong is not shy about his opinions on everything, you know, like technology and ethics in AI and politics, if you follow his Twitter, you know, he's not shy on that. And I think largely that's also what makes him so successful is that he speaks his opinion and um, in a way that's respectful and he knows a lot of stuff. <laughs> Those two things combined make a very successful person in this space. I, I really admire the level of transparency Peter employs in his role. And I think that's really important given the leadership Anaconda has that the person at the helm is somebody with ethics and is um, intentional about where this is all going. And then there's some folks who are intentional about their journey and they're very soft-spoken, like the guy who started X.AI, that useful email-driven uh, calendar-modifying startup that became pretty big under his starting it, Alex Kuhn. Now, you know, he ventures into AI Cure. And the thing that really struck me about Alex in, in the podcast on Alex Kuhn is his, um, how humble, how humble he is, you know, in that. Um, I believe deeply he, he knows a lot about the space and he's visionary in that. But you wouldn't know that until you got to know him a little bit. Alex is formidable in that he got x.ai going very early on i think he shared with us that it was maybe the third domain reserved under ai and that's grown to a lot of users um i think they're maybe still figuring out the business for it um and getting paid on it however that wasn't it most founders have one startup in them. He already had a successful exit 
before X.AI. Now AI Cure is such an important startup. One, one you understand, right? Because you've worked with that kind of a problem in terms of trying to track um, people in either taking drugs or in trials and what the adverse reactions are. And healthcare generally just needs a lot of help with just software, let alone AI. Um, yeah, no, it's a huge challenge what, he, what he's taking on, but you know, he's already proved that he can. So I think he will, and I think it's needed. And I'm glad he's working in the space. So someone, uh, some the next guest was Jason Moss, who's someone you know I believe you and I both know, and I've known him for since the early days of starting Metis and making that a boot camp for data science. You know, and he helped. One thing that I think of Jason immediately is community is that you know you and I have that in common too. We've built communities successfully. We're building one right now by this this podcast. But he also made a business off of building a community and also supporting other communities. And I always appreciated that. I, I generally appreciate Jason. When Jason first contacted me in the context of launching Metis in Seattle, he really stood out in terms of how he approached me compared to some of the other folks who may approach me trying to gain um, access to our audience. I think you can appreciate that as well. You go through that interaction a lot, or you did for like 14 years running Chippy. And um, I learned a little bit about Jason um, in that he very early on in his career founded a school in New Orleans and that school is still continuing. And I think everything he did around community building um, to launch that school really stuck with him. And for somebody who's CEO of this giant um subsidiary of one of the largest uh, education companies in the world. He just really never comes across as um, anything more than somebody really sincere and passionate about what he's trying to do. And it's a problem that we all face is we need more practitioners. And the traditional channels for preparing people, they, they don't have enough capacity and when I see something like the Paul G. Allen School in, at the University of Washington add something like $50 million of funding, and that translates into like 80 more students in their program, in an already oversubscribed program, what Jason is doing, I think, is so important. Absolutely. And we need people, and we also need platforms. Um, we're never going to get away from that. I don't like starting with platforms, but... Eventually, you need a tool to do the job, and it's best to know, you know, there's tools out there like Databricks, who one of the big contributors was on our podcast, Denny Lee. I, I first uh, met Denny Lee in the context of his um, Spark meetup in, in Seattle. So as you had pointed out, he wrote the book on PySpark. Um, it sounded like during the episode, he's co-author of another book on learning PySpark. And Spark, maybe you can go into a little context of how important it is, because it hasn't been around that long. It hasn't been around long, but it's had an enormous impact because of the need to just process a lot of data. And you know, Spark allows you to do that, allows you to 
like put things in parallel. I challenged him during that podcast. You know, I challenged him about the need of big data versus good data. Um, and he, he answered my questions elegantly. You know, and and also as someone who's done three terms at Microsoft. So you know, I've, I've challenged Microsoft as well, and he answered those questions as well. So I, I found him very uh, um, able, very capable of the technology and understanding. He has a deeper understanding than anyone out there, I think, of certain parts of technology when it comes to building something on Hadoop, you know, big data stores, enormous cubes that he's done in the past for places, I believe it was at Yahoo or someone like that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, ultimately contributing to Databricks, which, you know, Databricks is a force to be reckoned with. You know, I mean, they are absolutely um, there. You know, they have, you know, contributed a platform that is being well received. And Denny, he just continues. He's just, uh, he's a nonstop engine, I think, in terms of really sharing with people what he thinks. And also, I think a big part of that episode that's nice was in urging for traditional data professionals to make the move. Don't be scared by the nomenclature, get updated, and your skills are relevant. Though an interesting um, episode might be to invite Denny and Peter, because one of the tidbits during Peter's episodes was um, he had mentioned how much more interesting data is in its raw form. And when it gets cleaned up for production, you lose a lot of that. And a lot of Denny's episode was talking about having clean data and the purposes of that and in the context of Delta Lake. So you know, that, you, that you might be cool. You absolutely hit the nail on the head there, Don. I think that those are two opposing philosophies that don't necessarily agree with each other. They both have their merits. But potentially both is the answer, and you need to do both. But um, absolutely, the whole thing is about the uh, ETL versus ELT. Is that you know extract, transfer, load um, versus extract, load, and then transfer, allowing you to transfer it into machine learning. And I believe they come from two different worlds. Well, we we should confirm that. That's why that would be an interesting episode. It would be a bake off, I think, of some sort, or um, they would just laugh and have a good time, which I, I could buy that as well. That's fine. Right. I want to do that. Right. And the big thing about Spark is I think it was built to be in production. And we touched on with Dominique about Jupyter Notebook, or it's just people may complain about it. I don't think the intention ever was for it to be part of a production process. And then we can harken back to uh, Pandas. Uh, Peter talked about Pandas and what it did at its time. A lot of people complain about Pandas because a lot of people use it. But a lot of complaints, I think, happen because people try to make it do what it wasn't ever designed to do. Yeah, there wasn't a necessarily an alternative except you know, writing straight NumPy code, which lacked indexes that Panda has made. Um, and an enormous amount of work in, in put into Pandas making it as quick as it is. Um, but it, it's funny that you say that, you know, that the thing that solves the problem is under the most scrutiny, right? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it just never was designed for that. 
and uh, that that can be tough for the creator. I, I think generally in open source projects, both community building and um, creating these software projects, uh, um, people should be kinder. Yeah, for sure. And I wonder if people like Adrian Halavati got this, you know, he ended up in Amsterdam and he had gone through a lot of challenges with every block and things like that, but also a huge amount of success. I mean, we had one of the most successful when he started at Chippy as well. So, you know, and I always think back to that as if he was, I never verbalized and confirmed this, but whether he was uh, at all disenchanted by the negative feedback you get from having a successful product. Well, I think uh, the acrimony around that's pretty well documented. There's pretty long memories about it since it happened pretty out in the open. Um, but the difference now, I think, is with these AI projects, um, folks are going from open source project to commercialization and giant valuations so fast. I mean, if you look at the creators of Spark. Yeah. Um, but let's keep this down to 26 minutes. We got about one minute left. Dominic. Dominique, I'm sorry. Well, we started out really talking about the episode. And uh, I think anybody who is trying to be ethical about their AI should definitely contact her. Um, and, and she speaks a lot about bias. And also, I noticed Riot had, you know, spoke in front of the house and has those notes out there about bias. And a lot of people are talking about bias. So I think that's going to be a new theme is in our podcast, not just ethics, but in general, but bias and models and how to prevent them. Well, it's about bringing more people into the fold. Hopefully Jason can help with that. I know Metis does a really good job of um, inviting underrepresented folks into their program including offering scholarships, but we need a lot more of that. Um, these teams, when they get comprised, it doesn't matter how sympathetic you are. Like, for example, Brian, you're really sympathetic. You really try to look at different vantage points and experience a lot of different cultures and learn a lot, right? You're paying attention, but that's still not going to have the same kind of perspective I may have. Like, for example, what Jennifer spoke of on a glass ceiling for Asian-American performers or Peter Wong. And what I discerned when I introduced him to somebody and they they didn't even know he was the founder, even though I pretexted the whole introduction as I'm going to introduce you to the founder of Anaconda. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, well, Don, I got to say thank you for doing these episodes with me. Ten more. Let's do ten again. Uh, in 2020. I, I love it. And uh, I am going to travel to Oman. I have wonderful hosts um, who are going to uh, introduce me to the tech scene there. And that might be the venue for us for our 26.1 AI podcast conference. Absolutely. So that'll be fun. Let's do it.